0: Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. it oh! Inbounds Turner. Left side of the backcourt, Turner crossed the timeline. Throws it from high on the right. He hit it. He hit it. He hit it. He hit it just inside of half court. Lane's on the other wing. You oh. Oh. oh! it Jerome oh. <laughs> College basketball This is March Madness. Hello everybody welcome in to another episode of Mad About hoops you've got your two diehard college basketball fans here at 97.1 the fan I'm Timmy Hall. here's my good friend Colin Behringer, Evil Bald Colin EBC what's going on man? Timmy, another week, another week full of big headlines in the sport. It's really interesting right now. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe this is week 11.
1: Oh, it goes fast. I mean, we're going to be at the end of February starting up conference tournaments like that.
0: Just get ready for it. It's my whole uh, time warp theory. Here it comes. It's basically Christmas. Well, (laughs) you're you're (laughs) right.
1: But it's going to hit you fast. And then that first week, usually... it, de- it depends on the conference, but some start earlier than, than others. But once the first conference tournament hits, it just hits you like a train over and over and over again.
0: You really, there's, there's no need for anybody to want March Madness to get here. Don't want it. Do you know what I'm saying? No,
1: yeah, I get you. There's just so many storylines that still have to be told at this point. I mean, look at each of... The, if you just want to look at the major conferences like right now, can you go down the list and say, maybe outside of the Big 12, one that's like, okay, that team's, you know, that team's going to run that conference. I can't say that yet. For almost
0: every conference outside of the Big 12, in terms of the major conferences, I can't do it yet. Even the Pac-12. I'm not even coming at it from that angle, though. I'm simply saying that in a manner of... It's going to be here so quickly anyway. And it's just
1: going to go fast once you're in it.
0: Yes, it's enjoying the rest of the regular season. Yes, it's enjoying some of the posturing that's going to go on. And maybe, you know, paying such close attention that you might actually find a team that you believe in and think that you can pull one over your buddies when you get into your March Madness bracket pool. But just, just cherish the time that you have right now because... It will go so fast. It's January fifteenth as we're recording today. I mean, we're so close to getting into February, and then bam, it's there, and then bam, it's over. You only really get one month for the sport to take over the entire calendar. I mean, we're already
1: a quarter through the uh, conference play right now. If you're looking at yeah, Ohio
0: State, you are, you are. It's quarter through conference play. Yeah. So how far so are we through the six regular games season? games in. You got
1: about fourteen left in conference play. Then however long you go in your conference tournament, and then whatever you're doing in postseason play.
0: Well, you guys might know that uh, we're in Columbus, Ohio, and we do stuff for Ohio State basketball, and uh, we thought that we had a team this year that was a national championship contender. I kind of am off of that train. I think we jumped the horse a little too quick. I think I'm off of that, but... I'm all for seeing how these guys can battle and stay ranked at least all season long. I think that would be a good goal for them to set now is to stay in the polls all season. And who the heck knows the way these voters go, they might need to win at Penn State this weekend to stay in. Despite stopping their four-game losing streak, they are sitting at 12-5 and right now. 2-4 right. and four in Big Ten play, which if you look at the Big Ten standings, Colin, they're basically out of it, out of the running.
1: Well, yeah, I don't expect Michigan State to fall three games in a span of six right now. So, yeah, I, I will agree with you at some point in that. But at the same time, this conference is just so funky right now. Well, I don't it could know be, if I any, it could be knife...
0: anybody ahead of Ohio State. You know, it doesn't even have to be Michigan State. It's just the fact that Ohio State is so far down. They're the only
1: a game behind Maryland.
0: Yeah, boy.
1: I'm not here. I'm with you on that. Small
0: miracle, though. I told you. Small miracle if that were to happen. If they were to get back into contention to win the league.
1: I told you after the Maryland game, I thought their chances of winning the regular season crown was pretty much shot. But at the same time, there's just so many different ample amounts of opportunities to get back into that top three. And really, you just got to be worried about getting a good spot in the the conference tournament. That's kind of what all I'm worried about right now. Anything beyond that is gravy. You kind of dug yourself a hole to the point where that's how you got to look at it. But at at the same time, like I just said, the conference is so wacky that maybe two weeks go by and you're a game and a half out.
0: We have a lot of good action going on this week. We got a lot of good action tonight as we're recording, as I said, on January 15th. It's a Wednesday here. We'll uh, We'll be back with you again. I know I keep saying that, but so much stuff has been popping up for us as we're still... Getting this podcast started, I had some family stuff that I had to do late last week, so I missed on a Friday. And I, I the next, I swear, the next time I want to go out to Indiana, as uh, we're taking care of my grandparents right now, so that's like priority number one. But at some point in time. I have done Hinkle Fieldhouse. I have done Assembly Hall. I have got to do Mackey Arena. I even, since you're a big fan of mid-majors, sure. where my family is from out in uh, northwest Indiana, they're up sort of by the lake, they're not too far away from Valparaiso. Like, that's the closest oh, university okay. to them. So, yeah. th- I mean, you talk about just a just a fine little place to go and check out a gym and scratch it off the list. Things like that are exactly what I'm looking for. I haven't been able to yet catch a ball game at Valpo to see the Crusaders. My mom actually went there for a couple semesters before she transferred to Purdue, and that's where my mom and dad met.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you got to remember they're not a Missouri Valley team anymore. They're now in the Horizon League.
0: Horizon, okay.
1: And now you got teams that you can kind of mark on the list of teams you'd like to see. I think a good team you could see play, two of them, it's been the past couple of years is Western, or Northern Kentucky and Wright State are probably two of the teams I'd mark on that list as you know, opponents I'd like to see in that game. But honestly, seeing any game there would be interesting enough. I don't really know a whole lot about this Valparaiso team this year. I do know they had a guy, a 7-footer that transferred out of there this past year is now on Butler. So I'm familiar with Derek Smith's but outside of that, that <laughs> that's that's a, fami- that's
0: a familiar name. D- say that one again. Derek Smith. Derek Smith is playing in Indy? I mean, get out of here. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Rick Smits, baby. But, uh, yeah, no, I-, I think that's a really good idea, but I think you definitely need to put Mackie on the list above that.
0: Oh, I mean, duh. Come on. Duh. Valpo is a byproduct. All right. Like I would do it. Like if I was there and there was a game and I was able to it was able to go. I'm certainly going to check that out. I want to get to all the Mac schools here in Ohio. I just want to see. I want to see everything. I want to get around to every single spot yeah. that I can and see it. But yeah, if I'm going to Indiana, it would be make sure that you can get Mackey. And then if it fits, it's that's what's fun about scheduling a basketball trip. With you and your buddies, you know, it's finding a way to hit more than one gym. And that takes some skill, and it takes some patience to see that the, you know, midweek, weekend dates maybe match up. Maybe you have a Saturday and a Sunday, like Purdue's at home Saturday, Valpo's home Sunday, where you can get it done that way. Little things like that take a little extra time to try to put together. Talking about MAC places, I was actually surprised when I went,
1: it's probably about a decade ago now, back when I was watching high school ball down at... Oh, use arena. It's actually pretty impressive for a max size arena.
0: It's too big, right? Yeah, they kind struggled of felt to fill like the con- the convo Center, the Convocation Center. That's right. Yeah, it just felt a little Where weird. Where Purdue played this year in a regular season game. They played on the road. I did not know that. Yeah, isn't no. that bizarre? I heard that it was. I was looking for more on that. I heard Andy Katz give like a brief comment about it, but I still would love to know like in detail how that comes to be because he said it was something to do with the football deal. So they played in football, but. I still, whatever kind of contract you set up for the football teams, I still don't understand how that results in, okay, and yeah, we, Purdue, will go on the road to play you, Ohio, at the combo Center in the middle of December.
1: Yeah, that's really weird. I mean, I see it in football all the time with schools like Miami, because they're a p- private school, Miami, sure. Florida. They went up to Toledo a couple years ago, which I thought was obscure. It's really weird. But, yeah, that's odd. They can do that with OU, but Ohio State can't go to Dayton for some reason.
0: No, uh, no, nope. e- exactly. It's can't a good point. It. Would never happen. Can't so that, do it. So that way, uh, if it ever, if it ever presents itself, the NCAA selection committee will try to let that matchup happen. And oh, I would be every all for, single time. I would be all for if the seeds work out right to have Ohio State and Dayton meet. As early as possible. I'd be a nervous wreck, but I would love Boy, How about a second-round matchup between Caleb Wesson and Obi Toppin? Oh,
1: you got to think. Poor Caleb. They got some revenge on their minds, man. Last time they played, man, you see that on every ESPN Classic if they're doing, like, a March Madness loop. It's always in there.
0: I still think that Dayton would be way more filled with vengeance, even though they won that last one. It's just who they are, you know? mm -hmm. They are the one that— that gets forgotten about in the state of Ohio. And they're the better team right now. The better basketball team. Yeah, complete. I, would,
1: I would take Dayton definitely on a neutral floor. And I promise this is not a Dayton basketball podcast, but man,
0: I am <laughs> so in love hey, with Hey, what's, the, ro- what's I, wrong with that? They're a top I, 15 team. They're good. They're I, fun.
1: I have a grudge from that last game. I still believe that there was a blocking foul on Kraft's drive to the basket late in the, la- the second half there. But besides the point. I enjoy watching this Dayton team. And more importantly, I love, and probably my favorite player in the country, and I told a couple of my buddies this, is that Jalen Crutcher Crutcher, how good is Crutcher? He had 20
0: last night. Let's start there. Dayton is is off and running in the A-10 like they need to be to get that seed as high as they can. There are some basketball experts out there that I enjoy that have this Dayton team almost. I've seen them in some people's top eights. I've seen them in a lot of people's top tens. So that's cool. I think that's the respect they deserve. I mean, go back and dial up their film against Kansas, okay? Oh, my gosh. This is a team that's toe-to-toe with the Kansas Jayhawks. Obi Toppin is the best basketball player in America right now. The things that he can do, he's not like a Nudoka as a Buki, who is sort of a one-trick pony. I mean, Buki is as good at being that one-trick pony as anybody in the country. He's the best bruiser and finisher that you have, but – he cannot hit an outside shot. He cannot even hit a free throw. Obi goes for 24-9 and and a few assists last night, a steal and a block. He turned the ball over more than he has all year, but it didn't matter. That was a great win, 79-65. They beat VCU, who's going to be one of the best opponents, top three or four that you see in that conference.
1: Yeah, I wanted to say, going back to your Kansas point, I think Kansas is the model for what is just a step above what I think the makeup of the Dayton team is, because I believe sure. Yudoka being that original yeah. five is what Dayton's missing down low. That's the one thing I say is their weakness.
0: But they have Mike Sell. They have Trey Landers, oh. who is an experienced dude who you can rely on. He had they, they, were, they were really good last night. I mean, Trey Landers had 16 and 9. I mean, they almost had a couple of double-doubles out there with Obi and Trey. And Crutcher, your guy, with five assists, four rebounds, just filling up the stat sheet, 20 points. They are good. Watson will give you 13 points off the bench. I mean... I really like VCU, too. Like, I I really enjoy that team, but they were no match for taking on Dayton on the road. And the environment that they have at home, Dayton's just not going to lose a home game. They're not losing at home the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, I think I saw this from Rothstein before the game the other night, and it was something along the lines of Crusher's actually the only starter on that team that was shooting below 50% from the field. If that just lets you know, in terms of how consistent they are on offense across all the major components of their team. And then you can throw in guys like Chapman, uh, E.B. Watson that come off the bench—they're—they're they're deep in the backcourt, and they have one of the best stretch fours you're gonna find in the country.
0: How about West Virginia as well as we go over some of these games that happened sure. already today? Uh, I want to run a couple off before I dive into that West Virginia team, Villanova. They're sort of pacing along in the Big East. DePaul is struggling. They're down to 12 and 5, and they haven't won a Big East game yet. That was an overtime finish, but Villanova got that thing done, and uh, Jermaine Samuels was one of the dudes for them. Charlie Moore, disappointing night for him to have 29 points and for DePaul to fall. I'll have more on Wisconsin's win over Maryland. Here on the podcast is Wisconsin got it done at home 56 to 54. So more craziness in the big 10. Maryland can just not win on the road. Texas tech went on the road and beat Kansas state. You had uh, a Louisville and Pittsburgh game that we got to hit on more later in the podcast as well as Louisville beat Pitt 73-68 in overtime. Some controversy in that one. San Diego State still undefeated. They beat Fresno. Bad team on the road. Kansas beat Oklahoma. Pretty handedly watched most of that game down the stretch. Did not have Devon Dotson. Dotson. Yeah, Yeah, Devon Dotson was gone. And Clemson, your guys, ever since Evil Bald Column, spoke the uh, stats about... The Tigers going to the Dean Dome with everything that was wrong with Roy's team, and now Roy demands to be fired. I say we just oblige. Oh, gonna, I'm gonna okay go to, with it. Gonna go to Bubba Cunningham's office, and I'm gonna think I might tell him to to fire me. He is. He is so. Woe is me. Woe is Roy. I'm sick and tired of Roy. He's such a big baby. He's he, the biggest baby in college he, hoops. He's got the uh, Dabo feel to him a little bit with Does, how he just right? complains. He's just like, oh, well, I guess I'm just doing everything wrong, you know. I guess, guess the world's just against me now. Like, would you just shut up? Just stop playing yeah. your cards that way. I know what you're doing with your reverse psychology. It's just annoying right now. Clemson beating Duke, though. How about that?
1: Yeah, Clemson's an interesting team because I just don't really know what's special about them. I think it just reiterates the point that college basketball is so even. The landscape of the sport is so even this year compared to many years in the past. But I, I, I do want to deflect back to the first matchup you talked about between DePaul and Villanova. Do we know for sure what we're getting with the Wildcats yet? Like, do we know their identity?
0: I think Villanova, I think their identity stems from their coach, extends from Jay Wright. I think you know that you are just – you are going against a team that is simply hard to beat. And it doesn't matter if Villanova's in their home gym, if they're playing on campus in Villanova, if they're playing at the Wachovia Center, whatever the heck that thing's called that the 76ers and the Flyers play in. It doesn't matter. Like, they are going to give you a fight. And gone is the day when Villanova was losing to an Ohio State by 25 points. Like, these guys are growing up. They had a lot of turnover this year. But I trust that Villanova is going to be someone that you know contends in the Big East, more than likely wins that conference when it's all said and done. I, I
1: think they're actually probably a year away just by how young they are with Sadiq Bae. Uh You're going to get Colin Gillespie back next year. Uh, Robinson Earl, I would assume he goes back. Some good players,
0: but, too. And Samuels. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I don't know what their draft prospects look like. But it's still a team that looks like when they're all back at Southmore's next year, if they all do, that's a team that it's going to go right back to Villanova running the Big East at that point.
0: Yeah, notice what I said that I wouldn't be surprised if Villanova won the Big East with the sweatshirt that you're wearing today. And I love I love those guys too. I really uh, do. The I Butler do think, Bulldogs. I do
1: think Butler has the edge this year, but I think it would go back to Villanova starting next season.
0: So so quick things on West Virginia when I started that off there. West Virginia, did you see what they did this week? How they are off to a nice 3-1 and one start in the Big 12. And TCU now with Jamie Dixon... TCU became an instant player. That's how good of a coach Jamie Dixon is. Yep. He's kind of one of those guys that lives in that, I mean, really, really good, really good coach that doesn't get the respect. He's in that fad Mata. Go as Pitt how they're feeling. Yeah, he's in that Thad Mata. Right, exactly. Even though uh, Jeff Capel just got him a massive massive extension he's okay. at Pitt. Yeah. And they were right in that game against Louisville, which we'll get to. But Dixon, yeah, Thad Mata. Rick Barnes-esque kind of guy who hasn't won big stuff in the tournament but is just a winner, just a big-time winner, and instantly turned TCU around. And the Horned Frogs are a really good team, and they got lit up by 32 points. West Virginia, 81, TCU, 49, as the Mountaineers are sitting at 12th in the country right now. What did McBride do in that game? Uh, 14-2. They were actually led, West Virginia was led by Derek Culver, so okay. he had 17 points and 11 rebounds, four assists. To Shwebe, he's one of these guys that's just a freshman. And McDonald's All-American, so it's mm-hmm. showing you that Huggy Bear can still recruit some of these guys to be a part of that system. And it was just what blew me away is I didn't catch uh, much of this game. Their bench is so deep. McBride gave him 11 points off the bench, but he's not the only one. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys scoring points on their bench. That's how deep that's how fresh this team can be
1: it's just a pie product of you know the tough season they had last year I think they had a lot of young guys that took some lumps and I think Huggy's team went about 500 maybe a little bit below that last year and just got beat up couldn't the guys really didn't fit the system the press Virginia system that he was trying to run and he kind of got a year of the groom them and I, I think he's getting exactly what he was expecting with us, these guys being in the system for at least a year, maybe more, and he's getting them in. And then, obviously, you, you get the freshman All-American. That's, I think he was leading them in points by the time Ohio State played him, And Ohio State actually shut him down. He got into foul trouble and whatnot, didn't play a whole lot. But uh, you, you talked about like McBride, who went off mm-hmm. against Ohio State. They have, it seems like almost any night, you can get big contributions from almost anybody in that 8-9 deep.
0: All right, Evil, much more college basketball discussion after a quick break. We'll be back in a second. It's Mad About Hoops, week 11. Check us out. Give us a rating and a review. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, tell your friends. Just search us up, Mad About Hoops, and you will find us there talking about anything and everything college basketball. Back in a sec. When it's time to party, we will party hard. All right. Well,
1: I guess we better get to it since you've been talking about it all during the break and you mentioned it during right before we went to the break is this Louisville pit game and this bad call late in overtime that I know you just want to get some you want to yell about some things real quick. Well, the first
0: things first. Why is it that all highlight packages just suck? Why is that? I don't think it's just the
1: highlight packages. I think it's more of like the condensed games, is what they call them.
0: Even a condit. All right, and you should show There's the a big difference, moment. right? Y- yes. The condensed game is usually like eight or nine minutes. That I, I say that it's actually really nice, like the quality, the presentation of what we have here. And YouTube is taken over. Like YouTube is the best. They have the best player. I feel like, and everyone like sends their stuff to them. Like ESPN, Fox Sports, they all have their sure. highlight packages in YouTube. And I was watching, like, a a two-and-a-half or three-minute version of Louisville Pitt. I'm like, okay, didn't show this controversial call in it. So I go to the eight- or nine-minute condensed game version. And again, it jumps from, like, a minute 32 left in the overtime to Louisville dribbling the ball out at the end. Like, how can anyone be so dumb? Shouldn't the person who's... Cutting these highlights. Be someone that's actually watching the game and will show you maybe the most key moment of the game. Everyone in the post game was talking about one thing: Jeff Capel, Trey McGowan's, Terrell Brown. All these guys were talking about the blown call, an over the back call on Terrell Brown. Like it's it's ridiculous, ridiculous call. It's ridiculous that this not, isn't in the highlight package. They all look good right now, but we got to do that. I see it in all sports, too. I, I noticed that when I was watching that Blue Jackets, Chicago Blackhawks highlight package when Corpusalo got injured, and you wouldn't even have known the difference. Like, one second he's in, and another second there's a different goaltender in, and John Tortorella, like, blew a gasket in the postgame press conference. Leave a little clip of the broadcasters talking about something major that just occurred, so you are in the know. But now that that's off my chest— this call was just bogus. What we just watched it together—total crap call. You cannot make that call. The referee should be reprimanded for missing that so badly. He was way out of position. He was out near the like half court line, maybe between the three point line and the half court line, and tries to go with the over the back call on Terrell Brown, takes away a tie game, and Louisville wins because of it.
1: So, <laughs> this is just a weird story, but I promise you, it ties in.
0: Back, in, back, in, back
1: in college, I did a lot of rec ball refereeing, and I mean, like, Ohio State takes it seriously. Really? I mean, they put you through a class, they do every, they bring in a professional, and he runs a course, and you have to take a test and everything. Like, it's serious to them for some rec ball. But it makes me think in a different perspective of how refs should think and how they actually do on the court. Explain. Because I know, specifically, the guy you're talking about who was the camera was on is the near referee you're talking about, Correct.
0: He, he was kind of straddling in between. Yeah, he was at the bottom of the screen.
1: Yeah, so he's yeah. straddling. He's supposed to be looking around that that foul line, maybe a little in, but not too far. I think where the foul quotes happened, it is, was by the semi circle. Is, is the underneath basket referee absolutely
0: call. hands down? Because
1: you're as a referee, you're that you have a zone especially whichever of the three points you're yeah, in and you're sharing thirds at.
0: of the of the half court right that's
1: right and i think he went over his boundary to call
0: something he thinks he saw and how do you how do you blow your whistle and and i'm i'm sorry to put it this way but to be the guy that says in that situation but i i have to i'm all for calling an egregious foul a foul but it's like you said, and I don't. E- I didn't even know that rule. I've never officiated in my life. It's always been something that's intrigued me You'd to do it at a smaller to see level. How yeah. it works?
1: It actually it opens your eyes, and you can't watch the game the same again. It's I a promise good. You.
0: Well, it's if you're really into the sport, being like a youth basketball referee is a good way to just get more knee deep into the game, into the sport. And you also get to see the other side of all the abuse that you're going to take, even from just parents of fifth graders out there at whatever level. Oh, trust I me. can imagine what college students were saying to you. It used to bother me. I swear to you, because I played that rec ball my whole you know, Kansas career, I actually got to play in a game at Allen Fieldhouse when our team <laughs> Shoot, made the awesome. championship, and we lost that one. But I always refrained from mouthing off to the officials. I was never, ever the guy to do it. I would never even take a foul and pick up ball unless you basically tackled me or took my head off. Just didn't want to be one of those guys. We're out here playing. Let's play basketball. Let's not do that. But this is just... I didn't even know these things. And I knew that this ref can't make that call. It's ridiculous. I also agree. One of the bigger things
1: they talk about is in late game situations, don't impact the game. Let the game play out itself. If you think it's egregious enough to to where it needs to be called, then do it. But if it's something ticky-tacky, something that, you know, really isn't really impacting the outcome of the game. If the player's making the play and he's not really hindering another player's chance to make a play on the ball, let
0: it go. So, like, you'll read a recap of, as my voice cracks there, Louisville 73, Pitt 68 in overtime would have been a huge win for Capel after he gets that extension. And you won't find a clip of that call where (laughs) Terrell Brown went over the back when he didn't go over the back anywhere because we don't know how to cut highlight packages so I'm sorry to say you'll have to try to search that in a Twitter search bar or somewhere else because it's not on YouTube and it's certainly not attached to where the recap there are five or six paragraphs talking about that play but yet you cannot watch it right there
1: I I don't know if I'm putting on like a tinfoil hat here but I'm thinking because this is the conference itself Putting together these packages, they don't want yeah, to. they don't want to show it.
0: Spread controversy. But absolutely. But that's dumb. That's futile. I don't. You actually think that we've gone away from that? Because they used to. You used to be in an arena, and they wouldn't want to show replays to the attending crowd. Controversial calls. Oh, absolutely. Because it might incite riots. But I was. I continually go to NCAA tournament basketball. And I can tell you for a fact, being in the building at Nationwide Arena in Columbus last year, they started to show all these uh, all these replays now. Yeah, just going over the Let years. Us have
1: it. Yeah, just going over the years from when I would attend games at Ohio Stadium watching football, Ohio State games, uh, they would never show replays back when I was younger on the big screen. Sure. And now it seems like every instant review, not only do you have the replay, you have whatever TV network's angles going up on that screen and whatnot. It has progressed a little bit more, but – I don't I don't know. I I don't think it's a good look for the ACC network slash whoever's in charge leaving
0: out one of the biggest impacts of the game. It's not. It's not. And I I know like that the suits are thinking the way that you just laid out, but it's just ridiculous. Like it that's is. just to say that it wasn't a part of the game. And whether it was right or wrong, you had a ref blew a call, but it was A major part of the game. It was the biggest part of the game. You can't go giving all of your fans of the sport a premium, good looking highlight package and then leave out the biggest and most important part of the game. That's like you can't just erase things from memory. Also, with Twitter, with Instagram, I was able to, I'm just frustrated because I wish I could just have it here. I know I can dial it up somewhere else. Anyone can see it on Twitter or Instagram. So you're not going to keep it from people. And as uh as being in an arena don't you think we deserve stuff like that as paying customers as paying fans yeah, we I have all so. that technology we deserve to see like if a ball like was inbounds or out of bounds or if a foot was on the three point line or not on the three point line if you've got the footage you've got it i i like to hear like the the crowd <gasps> like gasp like oh like that's going to be overturned or like oh they missed one real bad right there the refs can take it they They've been taking it for a long time. They can continue to take it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't full transparency with your fam, of whoever's involved and whatnot. Why would you not want to put a good product out there, put a, a trustworthy product out there? I, I, it just seems misleading.
0: All right, a couple more quick stories. will set the table for the middle of the week and a mid-major flavor that I I need. I need it from my man, Evil Bald Colin. Timmy Hall on EBC with you. It is your Mad About Hoops podcast. Back in a second.
1: Well, Tim, we... Sure have a lot of good games, and I'm not just speaking from my fandom with Butler as of tonight when we're recording this podcast, but there's a lot of good, really, uh, I want to say interesting matchups from Thursday to Friday and even Saturday.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then when we get to the weekend, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, as pretty much every weekend, that's what's great about this. Every weekend's going to bring us some great matchups, right?
1: Yeah, especially in conference play. I mean, I, I think your headliner is Duke and...
0: oh, Oh, my bad. People want to text about
1: college basketball. I guess. Um, no, there's a there's a couple of headliners this weekend. I know at least BYU's playing Gonzaga, so at least Gonzaga's gonna get Duke and Louisville, f- you
0: meant. Duke and Louisville. Yeah, Duke and Louisville at Cameron.
1: Yep. Gonzaga's gonna have the first test in conference play. You have Ohio State playing Penn State, obviously. Uh you have Purdue and at Maryland. Maryland, yep. that's right. And then I believe Michigan has a big game too. I think they returned to Iowa.
0: Michigan and Iowa? Believe, I'll take your word for it. I believe i not seeing it right. on my screen right now. But, um, yeah.
1: yeah no, there's a lot Colorado of... Colorado
0: and Arizona. I like yeah, the Buffaloes. I just, like the Buffaloes. We
1: just talked about Arizona. Is it really weird to think that Arizona, a team that's led by Sean Miller, who you think year in and year out, when they might not be great, they still have some good wins? They only have one top 80 Ken Palm win the entire season that happened back in November.
0: He was always... He's always such a hot coach, and... I always was down with it until the scandal came along with DeAndre Ayton, and then just nothing happened. He just was instantly off my list, and I feel like the basketball karma has just been getting Sean Miller since. I was on the
1: bandwagon for interviewing him back when we were searching for a coach. I was well,
0: that was before, right? That was, of course, before. Well, that was before hearing a few years ago. That was also before hearing
1: that Holtman was a candidate, and I was not a big fan of McDermott. I, I didn't think he would have been a good fit here at all and I think he was made to stay as a lifer at Creighton.
0: He's a good coach though. I'll have to say, I'll say that about McDermott. He's a good coach but I I was with you. I was not There's something to say where you can you can believe that a guy is a good coach but you also don't want him. You know? Yeah, that that I, I can be true. That. that that can happen. And I thought McDermott was one of those guys because because Creighton continues to be a good basketball school and that's not to say McDermott couldn't go somewhere else, but if I'm him, I'm I'm keeping doing what I'm doing. He's
1: very good at recruiting internationally is what I've learned. Yeah. Recently he's done well, and he's done very well with the underrated prospects. I know. Just had a hell t- of a son, just a- too.
0: <laughs> hell of a son. I will say that. <laughs> um, But no, Still does.
1: I, I think one of my favorite players on their team is Tyshawn Alexander, who's a sophomore, who's a great guard for them. And he does a really good job at developing young athletic guards in his program, and that's why he can compete in the Big East.
0: So your Wednesday action, uh, recording today, January 15th, Seton Hall at Butler. I mean, you're not going to have much time. We'll have to do some post-game analysis on this because you guys might not be catching this. When this game goes off, this this game is happening in about an hour and a half. Butler and Seton Hall we will be breaking this one down. That game just looks so sexy on paper right now. Hinklefield House, two top 20 teams. Butler number five in the country. So good for Laval. A lot of smack talk on Laval early, and look at what this guy's doing. Them. You were, I, one was, of them. I was one of them. You're coming around now. You're wearing that. You're wearing that <laughs> sweatshirt out. I'm gonna have to get you a new Butler sweatshirt.
1: <laughs> Wear that five times a week. My gosh, man, I, I'm so impressed of what he's gotten out of his transfer guys, and I'm saying that as a guy that realizes that Derek Smiths has only played a few games because he was dealing with injuries early in the season. But that's a seven footer that can change things in the post for you. Uh, Bryce Enzi, another big name. You're getting more contributions out of Sean McDermott as a senior. Kamar Baldwin has had some bad games of late, and it's just because of how deep the team is around him. they're stepping up. It seems like everybody's just playing an efficient game. And I think over a stretch of like five games recently, they were averaging giving up less than 20 points in the first half.
0: Some like, other teams. Yeah, no, incredible. keep going.
1: No, you're good. Go yeah, ahead.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say some other teams that we're gonna keep watch on before we finish up the pod here today. You're gonna have uh Creighton and Georgetown, you're gonna have Florida State hosting Virginia and Wichita State, who at fifteen and one right now has a late game in Philly on the road at Temple. The shockers just a really, really hot team really coming together right now. Nobody seems to talk about them until they get up to like a 20 and one or like a 21 and two kind of record. And then we all take notice of what the shockers are doing coming up on March madness, a couple of quick things here. And then uh, I had a little, had you noticed with uh, one of the games we had last night with Wisconsin and Maryland, but uh, the NCAA is going to honor Dick Vitell. With the Gerald R. Ford Award. Gerald Ford. So they're going to honor him. And Mark Emmert saying, In four decades broadcasting college basketball, Dickie V is delighted fans with his infectious enthusiasm for the sport. His passion for college sports never ceases. And we're thrilled to recognize him for his career advocating for college athletes so they can succeed on the court and in life. I am... I was surprised to hear that Dickie V is in 13 different halls of fame, including the even know National possible. College Basketball Hall of Fame and the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. And I mean, he, he coached at Detroit Mercy and also with the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. I don't know like how many other Hall of Fames there would be like that you would be in. I guess I do. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame, just for his connection to Duke and UNC. That's fair. Whatever his home state is, that Sports Hall of Fame, his high school Hall of Fame, college Hall of Fame, and then any, uh, any other, you know— Thing you can think of like that for Dickie V, but I, I'm not here for any kind of Dicky V hate. All right, it might be a shtick, it might be an act, but you cannot deny his impact on college basketball. You might not love that style, or it might have gotten old for you at some point or another. Oh, oh, oh! You're basically oh, calling me out here. Are you serious? Are you serious? It's awesome with a capital A, baby. I am okay. You can just. You can have enough of your Dickie V, but the dude was college basketball. He is an icon. Love him or hate him, he's an icon.
1: No, I I definitely agree with you there. I think just with age, it's kind of overdone itself at this point. But, yeah, you can't deny what he's done for the sport. And I think when you think of games like the classics between Duke and North Carolina, that's the first person, if not one of the top people you think of first off when it comes to that.
0: We used to, when I worked in Raleigh, we used to interview Dickie V quite often. Like he would come on as a, just a phone guest, right? And the, the running joke was, like we would all like treat ourselves, like go out and celebrate if we could end the interview on our own accord. You know what I mean? Like if we could actually say goodbye to Dickie V and end the interview on our terms. <laughs> But the thing that would happen and I swear I'm trying to I'm trying to pull this up on the fly for you. The thing that would happen is he would be so busy or he would have to just go somewhere that he would end it. Like he would just I'm trying to find an example for you. Bear with me. I will get it for you. He would just tie it up. He'd start giving his uh, deal about his uh, V Foundation work, about where to donate, and then he would just tell us that he's leaving. He would just say, like, I gotta run. I'll talk to you guys next time. He'd still be doing his act. And then we would just go, okay, bye, Dickie, see you later. And so it'd be like a dance. Darn, darn. Sounds like so much like him. We went to we went one question too long, and we weren't able to get Dick Vitale this time. But anyway, I can't find it right now, so I'll give it to you later. UNC Wilmington also fired their head coach. We've got a firing. They were 5-14, and 0-6 in conference. C.B. McGrath was their head coach. Might be familiar. He was a Roy guy. He was a KU guy. That's where C.B. McGrath's name comes from. Rob Burke is going to take over for the rest of the season. One of your mid-majors. That's not going to be your mid-major flavor. <laughs> no. Because the Seahawks, Kevin Keats, got the NC State job for being hot at UNC Wilmington. Very hot. They Usually were, a good team. They were, a good very, program. they were
1: very hot in the 13-14 seed range when he was there. And um, Yeah, it it was a really interesting team for a while there. It was kind of one of those, I don't want to compare them to like Wofford of last year, but they had teams that performed like that year in and year out for like a four or five year stretch. So it was a pretty impressive run.
0: Yeah, I noticed before uh, Kevin Keats was there, Buzz Peterson was the coach, and Buzz was awful as a coach. 42 and 80. That name's familiar. He was a player at UNC. He roomed with Michael Jordan, and Jordan was his best man at his wedding. So, your last three coaches, uh, Kevin Keats was really the only good one. Buzz was out. CB McGrath now out for UNC Wilmington. All right. Mid-major flavor. It's that time. What do we got?
1: Yeah, I could go to a lot of places. I do want to say real quick that St. Mary's really needs to get their act together because they they keep losing games to Pacific and Santa Clara. The at-large Ooh. opportunity is not going to look good for them. No,
0: that's not looking good. If you saw what happened last year, didn't they get – or a couple years ago, they got axed, they, they got, got left, left out. They because they just had too
1: many bad losses in conference play. And that is the issue that teams like Dayton at some point in the future and Gonzaga can run into if uh, Gonzaga's going to win – 28, 29 games a season currently on the path that few has them at. But I'm just talking about conferences like that. If you're a decent team and you're losing games in there and you really don't have any room for error, it can get tough. But the team you got to highlight is a team that had an upset in the first round last year. It was a 12-5 matchup. Mm-hmm. I should have seen it coming when Liberty was playing against Mississippi State. They pulled off a miraculous end of the game, won that game. But they started off 18-1. and They were one of those teams that was getting highlighted as the remaining undefeated uh, haven't really beaten anybody of substance. They beat a bad Vanderbilt team. It's probably the biggest name you'll recognize. Uh, They did lose on the road against Will Wade at LSU. I think That's it was their only loss. 15, 16 yeah. points.
0: That's it. 18-1. and
1: one. Atlantic it's, Sun, baby. In a year where it's hard to find mid-majors that can be consistent enough to make a run, a two-game run in a tournament, you got to look for the teams that are just solid enough. They have the talent. They might be... Over the top, like impressive, like we've seen in the past with a couple of the teams. I know New Mexico State's had a couple teams like that. Um, they're not over the top, excellent, but they're just solid. And it's a team that if you're a five seed and you run into them, you're in some you're you're, you're nervous.
0: I will say that they've got this guy Baxter Bell, who's like a six foot six guy. He's just a load. He's actually from Cincinnati, so oh, really? a little reason to watch the Liberty Flames. Out there in Lynchburg, Virginia. Who did you say you thought their best win was? Like, I should have known when I was watching them. I would them. say
1: the best, na- the best name in terms of a win they have this year is Vanderbilt, but they're not very yeah, good. Yeah,
0: they beat Vanderbilt. They beat Taos and they beat Akron. They got it, It's really just about stacking wins when you're in a conference like that. Sure. Handle your conference. Have no a beautiful bad record wins. like that. Just be yeah. consistent. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get... Uh, you can't really... If you want to lose a conference game on the road, I mean, you pretty much know that you're you're winning your conference. Like it's that's tough to take and, it in,
1: and you still gotta win your conference tournament. You can't just get to the end and feel good about yourself. You just dominated them because one bad game in that tournament, and you're not going.
0: I wanted to finish you off with a a little. Have you noticed in college basketball? And I was watching some of the action last night. I was watching the Kansas game. I was watching this uh, Maryland Wisconsin. It's fun to just follow on your phone and then tune into games that you know are close. Like by games, the way, Maryland on the road, bad. Yeah, they can't win on the Very road. Very bad. But what what's surprising to me is it just never things never change. It, they just never change, and that's why I actually was texting to you. Even though it wasn't a great set, it was the Butler-Baylor game. Sure. The fact that you got the ball into your best player's hand and he took it inside the three-point line and tried to drive and get a better shot. Now, he didn't read the defense the right way, and it was an ugly shot. That's that's just how it happened. But at least it's better than what Anthony Cowan was doing. At least it was better than what Wisconsin... Wisconsin won the game, 56-54, so good for them. But before Davison, who... He was was great. They're freshman Brad Davison. No, I think he's he's at least he's got a couple of years in. Brad Davison? Did yeah, cuz he's did been he's been a such a
1: menace. He's like the he, I'm not going to compare him like that, Ju- but I'm he sorry, plays. He's a junior. Yeah. He plays like a craft in terms of just, you know, gritty and once they get on the floor and everything. He's he, kind of like
0: that. He hit the game-winning shot and had the game-winning play, but before Wisconsin took a shot clock violation a shot clock violation where you are just looking at Greg Gard and Dan Dockage called it to a T. He's like, oh, you got to get a timeout. Got to get a timeout. About 10 seconds left. They're not getting anything off. Like, Maryland had all their big guys out on the perimeter and they were just being a pest and they didn't even get a shot off in a one possession game when you're trailing by one. You don't even shoot the basketball. So then, I had the audio here from ESPN. A couple of these unbelievable plays happened that were courtesy of Davison. Maryland having a hard time oh. getting it in and- of Marcel. what a nifty play davison knocked it off Morcello is still standing out of bounds that was a terrible setup wiggins and king already fighting here comes the double davison Woo! corner three good and davison hits the big shot i'll tell you about that inbound play because that was just awesome and then cowan dribbles up the floor and you're down by two points You could take the three and try to be the hero and win. There was nothing there. He just dribbled up the court, straightaway three, and he clanked it off the side of the iron. Ten seconds left, ten-plus seconds. Best player, one of the best scorers in Big Ten basketball. You've got to drive for me. Try to draw contact, draw a foul, get a two-point basket up in the air. That is a good look. Please run something better. It's an epidemic in college ball. Davison's play, when Maryland, yeah, they couldn't even get the ball inbounds, gave it back to Wisconsin to give them the second chance. They hit that three down by one, they hit the three, of course, to go up by two, but Davidson was wide open. He slaps the ball away, and he has to hit it off of Marceau, as you heard, off of Morcel, excuse me, on the broadcast that you heard from ESPN. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, where the guy's six feet out of bounds, and if he didn't hit it off the Maryland player... It's not their ball. Like, it was a great play. It was unbelievable to get the turnover like that. So that was cool. Yeah, I saw the
1: video of that. It was pretty impressive. I don't know if I would say I haven't seen it before, but it's just, it tells you the type of player Davison is, and it's ever since he came onto the scene as a freshman, he's just been that gritty, he's going to make the dirty play, get down on the ground, throw the ball off a player to get it out of bounds. Anything you do to get the ball into the favor of his team, he's going to do it.
0: All right, everybody, if you are enjoying the discussion, if you are mad about hoops, if you are a diehard college basketball lover like us two guys, please tell everybody you know wherever they listen to their podcast. It doesn't matter if it's iTunes. I enjoy Stitcher. I think it's pretty awesome. I got all my stuff in there right now. Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the other ones. Just go and search Mad About Hoops. You'll find us. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We appreciate it. We will see you next time getting ready for lots more college basketball goodness. Mad about hoops.